Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. All right, ladies, I have another great iTunes review of the week. This one is brought to you by Mojo on the Island. And it reads, I am almost 60 years old and have spent probably 50 years worrying about my weight. I just listened to one of Kim's podcasts and loved her advice and outlook. I wish I could have heard this years ago, but looking forward to listening to more and changing my attitude. Oh, Moy on the island, this is exactly why I do this podcast, because so many of us have been wrapped around the axle about diet and exercise for decades, and we are done. We are sick of it, and I am so grateful that you are able to find me, and I am grateful that I'm able to help you shift your mindset around what diet and exercise looks like for the, the next best half of your life. So if you have listened to this podcast and you love what you are hearing, please do the same thing. Leave me a, a review. I absolutely love hearing them. I love reading them. And it just gives me that pat on the back that I am giving you what you need to hear. Now, if you're stuck with like, I don't know how to do this, I don't listen to iTunes, do me a favor, hit me up. I will definitely help you walk you through how you how to leave that review. So you can find me on Instagram at uh, Kim Jefferson Coach, or you can shoot me an email. Hello at Kim Jefferson.com. All right. Now on to today's episode. All right, Magic Makers. Today, I really want to dive into the world of menopausal workouts. Yep. You know, many of you like me, you know, you might have started to see some subtle or also not some subtle body changes. And maybe you talked it up to, you know, being over 40, life stress, you know, but there's more to it than meets the eye. And, you know, many of you listening to me, you have been working out for forever, right? You know, most of the people, most of the people that I, or who listen to this podcast, most of the people that I know, you know, working out, that's our jam. That's what we do. Working out is just, it's simple for us. Working out is easy for us. And so when we get to this perimenopausal stage, menopausal stage, um, and our hormones are doing the margarina and you ain't about the line dances. Here is where we all struggle, right? Cause like, we all want to go back to doing what we did. Like I used to go to the gym six days a week, two hours. And if I wasn't at that gym at minimum 90 minutes, it wasn't a workout, right? If I wasn't like crushing, struggling, grinding, it wasn't a workout. Anyone feel me on that? You know? And so but when my hormones started getting buck wild, um, it just, things had to change. And, you know, 
for my hormonally challenged magic makers out there. I'm about to unravel the secrets that are going to help you stay on this fabulous journey without feeling like you're going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, okay? Because I know I felt crazy for a really, 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 really long time. All right. But before we dive into workouts, I got to do, do some background stuff here because step one, it becomes a mindset shift, right? That old ways will not open new doors. And that is a line that I must say to myself all the time because I am, I've been doing this training for over 20 plus years, right? I have been a personal trainer for about 15 years and I always feel like, and I hear this all the time, guilty as charged. I got to go back to doing what I was doing because it feels good. It feels comfortable. I'm resisting doing new things because I want to nail it. I want to be so bleeping good at it. And I'm afraid that if I do something different, I won't what the outcome will be. Hey, ladies, can we talk about menopause for a second? Because seriously, why didn't anyone clue us in onto this crazy roller coaster ride? I know that when it hit me, it felt like what the hell is going on. But fear not my fellow magic makers because I got your back. Does this sound like you? Hot flashes that make you feel like you are on the sun. Mood swings that make a roller coaster ride seem like a walk in the park and your libido. Goodbye. Yep. It's time to embrace this menopause journey. That is why I have whipped up this fabulous free checklist to help you navigate the hormonal mayhem. No more guessing games or feeling like something is going haywire. It's time to take charge and show menopause who's in control. So if you're wondering, is it menopause? I got you. Grab your free checklist right now and say, bring it on menopause because it's time to conquer this journey with confidence and style. Do not wait. Get your hands on this free checklist today. Okay, shut up already. Send you the sheet. Do me a favor, grab the link in my bio. I'm also a con recovering control freak. So for those of you out there, I got you. Perfectionist control freak. Yeah, there, check, check, right? Looking for a support group. And so what I, 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 I know is that your old ways aren't gonna cut it anymore, right? Your body is so used to you beating it into submission. And that was what the, we were told. I remember the very first workout ad that I like was just like, oh my God, that's me, was the no pain, no gain, right? I don't even think that company's in business anymore. But it was the Soul Effects commercial. It was like, no pain, no gain. I'm like, all in, sign me up, torture me. I'm here, I want to struggle. And that was the messages that we got. And so back in the day, no matter how much sleep I got, I dragged my ass to the gym at 5.30 in the morning because back then I was working a nine to five job and my boss was very famous for dropping shit on my desk at four o'clock and saying it had to be done by tomorrow morning. So my visions of dreams of going to the gym just evaporated right there. And so at the time, my personal trainer said to me, so Kim, what, what, what keeps you from going to the gym in the morning? Right. Cause it was the same, you know, the same thing. So Kim, why, you know, every, you know, week it was like, Oh, I meant to get to the gym, but two out of the, you know, four days I was planning to work out. My, my boss dropped this bomb in my lap. So I used to push through the exhaustion, like a superhero. And if anyone feels me on this one, right. I was grinding my way through the workouts just to check that damn box, just to be like, I did it. I did it. Pick me. Up. I get, I get the perfect prize. Please give me the perfect prize. There was no fucking perfect prize. So I don't know about you, but my workouts were my identity, right? I was the gym girl. I am I'm, I'm still the gym girl, but it's, I've changed. I've, I've skewed this, that story about myself. And I've told people how 
I've ran myself into a brick wall, right? So I am also, I'm the gym girl, but I'm also the recovering person who, you know, when you tell me you work out two days a week, when you tell me you don't take rest days, I'm also the girl be like, girlfriend, I'm going to tell you how that story is going to end. You can listen to me right now, or you can be me and call me in a couple of years when your body's like finger. Um, so the same thing, you know, um, a lot of the clients that I, I trained for a long time, I trained um, fitness competitors for a really long time. And I know when I first started, you know, training, it started doing fitness competitions back in the mid 2000s, the training protocols were really hardcore. And so one of the women that um, I, I still train, um, she's still, you know, she's in her, you know, late 50s. Um, and she is still still competing. God love her. Um, but she really was like, I, you know, I need to go to the gym six days a week. My workouts need to be two hours. I need to be doing drop sets. I need to be lifting this. I need, I need, I need, I need. Yet when I were, was looking at her overall picture, right? Looking at her sleep, uh, you know, she was in a really stressful job. And the, because she was in a stressful job, she wasn't sleeping that much. Because she wasn't sleeping that much, her digestion, you know, as we get older, our digestion changes, our hormones change. And she wasn't eating as much. So she was like, oh, Kim, I'm not putting on putting on the muscle that I want to put on to do the show. And I was like, it's just sleeping your stress. And it was just this like never ending story of your sleeping your stress. And it was a bit of a, a little bit of a, a wrestling match for her to finally come to Jesus that it was not about, about going hard anymore. And, you know, she grew up in the era of bodybuilding that I did, right? It was like all about getting the lifts in, just getting the lifts in, getting, you know, getting the lifts in and having that post protein shake. Like that was like really what we were, was drilled into our heads when we first started um, back in the bodybuilding world. But as we've evolved, like there's more research that's come out, more, you know, just anecdotal, you know, not anecdotal, like uh, bro talk. This is real, like people have been researching and testing this and seeing the things. And so one of the things I challenge you, if you're stuck in that way, ask yourself, when was the last time you saw your body change? Ask yourself, how much longer can you keep up those workouts? How many workouts are you missing because you tell yourself it has to be a certain period of time? How many workouts are you missing because, you know, you couldn't do all the things, right? Because I'm saying this because that was me, right? If I couldn't check my cardio and my lifting, why go to the gym? And, you know, now, you know, hindsight being 2020, I'm like, that was just so fucking stupid, Kim, right? Why would you just not go to the gym because you could only go to the gym for 30 minutes, right? The one thing I know that I am all about is something is better than nothing, right? You can always do something, right? And then I, on the flip side, you know, I have um, another client who um, she is, she loves to walk. The walking is her jam. However, you know, she will always say, Kim, my body's not changing. My body's not changing. But I was like, but you're not working out. She's like, but I walk. And I was like, and my old coach told me I could walk all the time. And I was like, I'm never going to take walking from anyone. I am never going to take that. If that is how you manage your stress, I'm never going to take it away. However, if you're looking for body composition change, you have to lift weights. And then you have to lift heavy weights, right? So I'm, I'm telling you these two stories because they're like the far end of the spectrum when it comes to the women that I work with. I have women who are like 
I must work out and it must be hard. I must be dragging my knuckles on the ground, barely able to wash my hair. And if I reduce that, oh my God, what's going to happen? Right. And then I have people on the other side of the spectrum who are like, oh, you know, I have so much going on in my life. I am the main breadwinner for my family. I need to make sure that work comes first. And the only thing I have time for is to take a walk. Right. So it's like, I have those two ends of the spectrum. And as you are listening, you can identify with one of those two women, right? So that's why I wanted to give you that kind of concrete example, because, you know, you're here because you want more, right? You're listening to you, like you've listened to this podcast this far because you want more. You want to lose weight. You want to reshape your body, or you just want to just get some freaking extra energy, I'm here for you, but hold up before we get a little, before we get deeper into the program, um, before you want to go all Hulk on your workouts, let's talk about sleep and stress, right? I, that is the one thing I will always ask my people every single week. I will always ask them about their sleep and their stress because they are the unsung heroes of this hormonal battle battle. Okay. That is just, you know, if you're stressed like a mofo and you're not sleeping, boop, boop. Like, no, we can't overcompensate with lifting at the gym. You can't overcompensate with, you know, chicken and broccoli, right? We got to figure out how do we get better at managing our stress and our sleep so that we can start to see the changes in our body. Because those two things, I want you to think about like every night you plug in your, every night you plug in your cell phone, right? Now imagine if you kind of like, and this has happened to me, I'm sure it's happened to you. You thought you fully, you know, plugged the connector into your phone, but you kind of ha- half plugged it in. And so the phone didn't get as much of a charge as it needed. That's sleep is stress when it comes to your body. Your body is like, okay, it goes into that low battery mode where it's like, I got to conserve this energy so that I can keep your brain thinking, keep you breathing and keep your heart beating. Right. Those are my three main functions. That's what your body thinks. Those are my three main functions. So it systematically goes through all of the other systems that your body is working. And it says, okay, I don't have enough energy for this. So I'm going to start to shut things down that don't aren't necessary for keeping you alive. All right. So I want you to start to think about that's why I'm such a pain in the rump shaker about sleep and stress. Now, and I want, and, then, and then we're going to talk about nutrition, right? Because if I if I start to kind of like break out how this all plays into the grand scheme of life, nutrition is about sixty percent of the game, right? Um, and that's like looking at your nutrition, and then I want, and then sleep and stress they come in at about twenty percent, and then we have our workouts, right? So it's like the bulk of my change is going to happen nutritionally. And so that's really, you know, today is all about workouts. You know, I have a whole nother podcast talking about nutrition and I actually talk mostly about nutrition, but we have another podcast talking about nutrition. And if you have specific questions, do me a favor, reach out to me in the socials and that way it can help me shape um, an upcoming uh, Fit Girl Magic podcast. All right. So I know that for many of you, like sweating it out is your therapy, right? It is your like, but here's, here's the thing that I just always want to keep in your mind. If your body is already like, imagine you're sitting outside and you're in front of one of those like um, fire fire pits. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. You're sitting outside of one of those fire pits, and the fire pit's like it's it's hot and it just feels so good and you feel so cozy. 
and then you throw another log on it. That is what your body is like if you're in stress mode. My body is already on fire. And I'm like, I'm going to work out. Another log on to that bonfire. And the fire just like kind of like flares up and then it starts to calm down. That's what it's like when your body's in stress mode. And if you are someone who's in stress mode, I want you to take a look at yourself in the mirror. And I want you to like, look at your body. Like, do you look like you're filled with fluid, right? Do you feel easily bloated? Do you feel like your joints always hurt? Does this always feel like puffy? That is a sign of a stress response in your body. Your body is filled with fluid that can give your body this easy energy to run from a saber-toothed tiger. Because even though we've evolved from living in caves, the mind is still there. We have this reptilian brain that still is like stress equals danger, right? And danger for us in the modern world is, you know, not meeting a deadline. Stress is, you know, worrying about parents or children or any other situation. That's stress for us. But we have the same response as if down the road, I saw a saber-toothed tiger coming for me and I need to run for my life. Okay. So that's why I, I really want to, you know, kind of preamble this before we get into the meat of the subject, but let's get real here, right? During perimenopause and menopause, your hormones are not are about as reliable as that friend who never shows up on time. We all have that friend who will be like, Hey, let's meet at five. And you know, homegirl is not rolling in until at least 5.15, right? That we all have that friend. Love them as much as we do. We want to choke them out sometimes because they can't get their ass there on time. Estrogen, estrogen and progesterone are your friends at this time. They are that friend who never shows up on time. And, you know, I've mentioned this multiple times. It's, it's a, you know, anywhere for up to, up to 10 year journey living in perimenopause. And so this is where strength training becomes the bell of the ball, right? Because it helps you to fill in the gaps that those two hormones are leaving you hanging. And so here's where everybody needs to get serious about strength training. And so here's, here's I'm going to just tell you why the strength training is really, really important, right? What strength training does is it helps us to blood sugar, right? So if I have any type of blood sugar imbalance, it helps me to call out to myself like, hey, we're lifting here and I need some glucose, right? So blood sugar, uh, glucose is your body's, is the sugar in your, in your body. Hey, I need some glucose to really fuel these muscles to help me, uh, you know, lift whatever it is I'm lifting. Osteoporosis, you know, estrogen is such a protective a hormone. And that when I, when I start to get, you know, estrogen starts to, you know, wig out on me, I need that protection in my body so that I have strong bones. And how do I get strong bones by lifting weights? Well, if you think about it, my bones attach to my muscle. And so the heavier I lift a weight, the more it has to pull on that bone, the stronger the muscle pulls on the bone, the stronger the bone becomes. Bah, right. Uh, also, just muscle tone. So many of you will say, you'll look in the mirror and you'll be like, Kim, you know, you'll pinch something, you'll prod something. Many, for many people, what you're pinching and prodding isn't fat. Muscle doesn't turn to fat. Let me just tell you that right now. Muscle does not turn to fat. What you're seeing is muscle that lacks tone. So whenever it says, I want to build, I want to be toned, you're telling me you want to put on muscle. And in order to put on muscle, I must lift 
heavy. So I need to say goodbye to those low weights, those like two pound pink dumbbells doing 400 reps. I need to say goodbye. It feels good because it burns, right? Well, anything burns. Like I could, like, I'm not a runner, but I could try to run an ultra marathon. At some point, my body is going to burn because I've done endurance, right? I've done it. I've repeated something for so much that my muscles are like, oh shit, like kill me now, right? That's what we'll see in those low rep, those low weight, high rep workouts. So if I want to enact change, I want to start to get some type of metabolic response, some type of hormonal response, I must lift heavy. Heavy is relative, right? So I want us to think about what heavy is. And you're lifting like six reps, like heavy reps. Um, and you're, you know, fo you're focusing also on adding power into your workout as well as following a periodized workout. Yeah, all of this sounds really scientific up in here, but give me, but hang with me. I'm going to break it down and explain it to you, right? Before I do that, everyone's like, okay, I've written down what I need to do for strength training. Got you, check. Cardio, what do I need to do for cardio? So my cardio queens, some of us need to scale that back, right? We need to, to, to bring that back. And for the like, people who are like, ugh, cardio, I fall into the eh cardio. Um, it's really time to start focusing in on HIT. And so now HIT has been this bastardized word for, for decades. And what, I, what I'm saying is I'm not talking about these 30 to 45 minute classes that you're just going hard, right? It's not about going hard. It is like, can you go like full on beast mode, 20 to 40 seconds, taking a breather, and diving back in. And this is repeated for about 15 minutes. That's HIT, right? We see so many workouts labeled HIT. And that's not what HIT is. If I'm going 30 plus minutes, that's hard-ass cardio, right? There's a difference between a hard-ass cardio and going as hard as I possibly can. And so for many of you, you know, we're attached to data, right? Um, if I'm not closing my rings on an Apple Watch, I'm not hitting my 10,000 steps or whatever other device you might be using. And I'm all for data, but I don't want us to obsess about data. Right now, as we're starting to make this shift into our workout, I'd rather you start to say to yourself, all right, how does my body feel? Right. And so there's a, a, a scale that's called the Borg rating of perceived exertion. Right. So RPE. Right. So and some of you might have seen that someplace, but most of the time you, you hear you see RPE or you see PE. And basically it's a subjective way for you, you personally, to gauge how hard you feel your body is working during any physical activity. Right. It's a way to kind of really kind of put numbers on it. You know, I don't know if you've ever, ever gone to a hospital and they ask you like uh, and you and you're like, oh, they're like um, on a scale of one to, to ten, how much pain are you in? Right. This is the same thing. Right. On a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, one being, you know, the lowest. It's like on a scale of one to ten, how hard do you perceive that workout to be? Ten being like, oh, I'm dying. One being like, I could do that all night long. What, what you got? What else you got? So it's like really looking at um, when you get into those cardio periods, being that seven plus, right? Just being like, you're just running so hard that you need that rest. If you're like sprinting and then 
you know, that 20, 30 seconds comes up and you could go again without taking a break, go harder, go harder, go harder, right? That's what we're trying to achieve in those, um, those trainings. And, you know, when I was training my girls to do fitness competitions, one of the things that I would train them for, if you're someone who is really looking to lean out your legs, someone who's really looking to just get muscular legs, ladies, sprinting. And when I say sprinting, I am not talking about on the treadmill. <laughs> I am talking about in a group fitness room or in your driveway or out in um, out in your street, you know, you know, sprinting for, you know, 20 to 30 seconds, and then walking back, catching your breath and doing that multiple times. That is like a crusher. If you are looking to really embrace this new way of working out in this perimenopausal um, state. And, you know, in fact, uh, in my Fit Girl Magic Society, um, once a year, I should do it more often. But once a year, we have uh, what I call um, sprint month. And it's really just kind of like, uh, you know, making, adding, making sure you are adding in sprints into your workout. And when you hear the word sprint, you think to yourself, oh my God, I mean, I can't be as fast as you say, Bolt. I am not asking for you that. Sprint is relative. Remember, we talked about the perceived exertion scale. Sprinting is you're just feeling dead ass tired, right? Boom, I sprinted and I'm like, I can't take another step. Perfect, done. <sighs> I'm resting. Sorry, it was not a porno. I was just catching my breath, right? And then I, I walked myself back. And I sprint. I do this in my driveway, and I'm sure my neighbors think I am crazy. But that's that's one of the ways that I, I get it done. Now, before before we really get into the meat of the show, I know many of you are thinking you might be too old to build muscle, or you know, building muscle. I might get bulky. Right? No, 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 no. You still need to build muscle over 40. And so when most people will say, well, even when you tell me I want to get tone, right? I want to be tone. Tone is muscle, right? It's just vocabulary. And you know, I'm, I'm big on making sure we're always clear on our vocabulary. Muscle is tone, muscle tone. When you say tone, I want to build muscle. That's what you're doing. And it isn't, it is impossible unless you have some type of um, testosterone levels that are rivaling that of a man you can't get bulky right what we're all searching for is it's like just like let's wipe that word from our vocabulary i don't want to get bulky you can't get bulky unless you have some type of genetic disorder um that you will add on muscle at some astronomical rate most women will be fortunate if they can add in one to two pounds of muscle a year do you hear that one to two pounds of muscle a year, they would be lucky to do that. So if you think you're going to be gaining, you know, 10, 20 pounds of muscle, and you're going to be like ripping out of your shirt. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. That's not going to happen. Um, the other thing I want to bring up, there's a woman, her name is Train with Joe, and I follow her on social media. And she's in her 70s now. She didn't start training until her 60s. And she looks absolutely fantastic. And so if you're someone who is like, Oh, my God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm gonna, um, link her Instagram in the show notes so that you can just see that like it's what's possible for you. All right. So let's talk about the, let's get to the meat of the show, right? The meat of the show. I've been hinting and, and hinting at, teasing at this finally for the love of God talk, Kim. All right. So I, I know that this is what I know. Physiologically, as we get over 35, 
our muscle starts to, um, we start to lose muscle. And this is just a biological fact, right? So you're losing anywhere from one to 3% of your muscle each and every year. Um, hormones are going crazy. Blood sugar is getting out of whack. And now is a time that strength training is paramount. So if you've dabbled in strength training, this is the time to do it, right? You know, as I mentioned earlier, the, you know, many people we see, um, you see older folks, and they don't, they're, they're, everything's jiggling, maybe you see it on yourself. And you think that it's you've, your muscle has turned to fat muscle cannot turn to fat. That's just that's not it. What you're seeing is a, a muscle that doesn't have any muscle tone. That's exactly what you're seeing. And so if that you feel like that's in your body. It, that's a that's a hey girl, hey, start to strength train. And you, you know that muscle needs a pep talk. And so that pep talk is that heavy resistance that we were talking about. It's that six reps where like that one to two reps, like that last one to two reps just feel challenging, but we still have good form going there. All right. And you want to do that for about two to three times a week, right? And I want you to think about. Heavy is relative. You know, when I say heavy, you know, someone for me, 20 pounds could be heavy based on the exercise for someone else. 10 pounds could be heavier. That's it's, it's relative. So I don't want you to start being like, well, you know, I can only lift five pounds. No, let's, let's, let's focus on when you get to that sixth rep, do you feel like you could do more reps? And so I still teach, um, I still teach, uh, uh live classes, um, a couple of days a week. And whenever we have, you know, strength, you know, every, Every woman knows who's in there. I will always be like, if you immediately grab that eight pound, that 10 pound dumbbell, and we're doing lower body weights, I am coming to find you, right? Because everybody here is stronger than we think. We have this perceived notion like, oh, I must do the eight pound weights. I'm going to come find your ass, right? I will come find your ass. So this is me virtually finding your ass out in the, in the world. So think about the last few reps feel challenging, but you got good form, right? Form is always going to be what is going to limit you because who wants injuries? Injuries suck and injuries take, take us out of the game, right? And so when I'm doing these, these workouts, I want to choose big body parts, body parts that are going to deliver me the biggest bang for the buck, body parts that are going to really demand my body to go out and find that glucose to really pump in to my muscles. So that's squats, deadlifts, chest presses, overhead presses, lunges, bent over rolls, pull-ups, right? Those are the, the, the main exercises that I want to use to build my workout. It's less about the circus workouts where you're doing like a bicep curl into a jumping squat into a burpee. No, it's like, how can we, like I said, six reps, how can we just like burn that shit out in our muscles, right? So it's not about the circus workouts. It's not about muscle confusion. It is looking to create a great periodized workout, right? And so a periodized workout random workout you found out on some Pinterest page or some YouTube channel or some app, you're following a workout that has a strategic approach, right? Organizing the program so that you're going to maximize your gains and prevent plateaus, right? Risking the risk of uh, burnout and injuries, right? So during this a periodized workout, you are varying the intensity of the workout. You're also varying the volume. So that means intensity means like, you know, how, uh, it means like how hard the workout is, right? Volume is 
how many reps and sets you're doing. And then also minimizes the plateaus. You know, if you have been doing the same workout since you can't remember and you haven't been, you know, systematically adding weight. And so, you know, people are like, well, how often should we be adding weight? Again, it's it's all relative. You know, I'm some body parts kind of, you know, accelerate faster than others. But if again, say we look with the six reps. If I get to six reps and I still feel like the last reps, you know, I worked to get that last rep, great, I stay there. Now, if I get to six reps and I'm like, you know, five and six felt pretty good, I could play with adding on from there. So let's just use this round number. So say I was at, I was using 10 pounds for that and I got to five and six, I'm like, no, this feels okay. The next set that I do, what if I tried the 12? And I used the 12 for like, and I got to like three reps before I felt really like, uh, I can't lift this weight over my head. Then I would go back to 10 and I would finish four, five, six, right? So I want you to think about, I don't necessarily have to go fully the full six reps. I can do one or two at a higher weight and just to kind of introduce my body to that heavier volume. And if that doesn't make sense, do me a favor, reach out to me and I will further explain it to you, right? Because in my Fit Girl Magic Society, um, every month, it's it's my group group membership. And every single month, you know, I, I add in a new workout and it builds off of the old one. So we are playing with, you know, volume, you know, so some, sometimes I'll give you, you're going to choose anywhere from six to 10 reps, right? So, and, and you choose the rep range. Um, I will play with, sets. Um, I will play with, you know, using those same big uh, exercise I, I labeled earlier, but maybe the chest press is on an incline, maybe the chest press is on a decline, maybe instead of a chest press, we're doing a body weight uh, push up, right? Maybe we're using um, the TRX, right? So it's just a same exercise, but you're adding just a little bit of a spin to it so that we get a little bit different muscle stimuli from that, right? And so that's what, what when you follow a periodized workout, it allows you for gradually adjust the training variables. So you challenge your muscles and you challenge your energy systems in separate ways, allowing for you to see consistent pro progress and reducing the risk of burnout. And like somebody's like, I get so bored. It's the question is, if I'm bored, am I challenging myself with the increasing of the weight? Or am I just going in like the workout says this? I'm just going to do the same weights I've been doing all along. And so I'm bored. No, it's like really get in there and be like, okay, um, you know, go old school. I, back in the day, I used to have this little paper notebook and, and, you know, it could be on your phone, whatever it is. I like to write on paper. Um, and I would write down what the workouts that I was doing. And I'd be like, okay, last time I lifted 10 pounds and, or I'd be like, all right, I've been lifting 10 pounds for the last four weeks. Could I lift 12? right? Could I do that? And, and so that's how I were, was able to um, uh, challenge, challenge myself um, with those uh, type of workouts. And so many of my A, A++ people out there, you know, you're wondering how long, how long does this workout last? Well, guess what, right? We don't need those 60 plus minute workouts anymore, right? And one of my biggest takeaways from CrossFit, right? We could, we could have a great debate on CrossFit, but one of my biggest takeaways from CrossFit is how efficient they've been able to be with their workouts. Most of the workouts last like 20 minutes and they've taken great programming and they've shrunk it down to 20 minutes where I can get like a great intense 
challenging workout in less time, right? And then the rest of the time that I could devote to mobility, I could devote to like skill development, or I could be like, you know what, 30 minutes and, uh, you know, I could say 30 minutes where I have like a, a, a five minute warm up, 20 minute workout, five minute cool down and I'm out. I can do that. So for my ladies who are 40, one of the biggest reasons I hear why you can't be consistent with your workouts is time. I'm solving that for you right now, right? Let's not stop. Let's stop saying I need to work out for 90 minutes. Can you give me 15, 20 minutes? And right. And, and we talked about sprinting. So that sprinting was about 15 minutes of work, right? So can I do a 15 minute sprint? And that's, that's my workout, right? And, and I could do that outside. I don't have to drive to the gym. I have to get a babysitter. I have to do any of that stuff, right? Could I do that for 15 minutes? Could that be my Sunday? And on Monday, could I get in that 30 minute, you know, intense workout? Maybe Tuesday is my rest day. Maybe Wednesday I can do another sprint. Maybe we could do sprint and a lift on the same day on Wednesday. Maybe Thursday is another rest day, right? And maybe that's that's my week. Maybe, you know, Friday I can do a sprint. But do you see what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're taking and we're being smarter about our workouts versus harder. And, you know, let's just face it. We don't have the time anymore or the, uh, the mental capacity. Like I mentally could had to stop feeling like I needed to be like, okay, hang on. In order to get that workout in. All right. Okay. So if I go here, oh, all right. If I move this client, oh, 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 but no, she, oh, I was just like, oh my God, I spent so much fucking time trying to figure out how I was going to get in my 90 minute workouts. Now my, my workouts are maybe an hour, right? That, and I, and I am more consistent with them. Right, I can do these workouts on vacation and not be like, oh crap, like oh, what can I? I need to drag this, bring that. Can I Google where the nearest gym is? I don't have to do that anymore because a lot of the workouts I know I can do in a hotel room, right, in an Airbnb without a whole lot of stuff that I need to to bring with me or Googling where the nearest gym is, right. And so, if you're someone who is currently working out like sixty plus minutes, and you're like, oh Kim, like you know a girl I don't know I was that girl I know I know how hard it is to like change I know how hard it is for you to be like this is the way but this is the way I just want you to look at your results right this is that's 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 what's going was was my driving factor I had to look at my results right was my body changing and my body wasn't changing so I took pictures and I took measurements and I chose a pair of tight pants and I gave it 30 days. And I did, I, I, I changed my workout, I gave it 30 days. And if I saw no change, it was a sign that something had to change. Right? Something had to change. Either my nutrition needed to change, my workouts needed to change, my stress management, my sleep, something had to change. Okay. So let's talk cardio. You know, I kind of gave you like a quick overview, but let's get a little deeper here. So I talked about sprinting, right? This is more about intensity, right? It's like, how can I go hard? Like, this is straight up. I'm running like I'm being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, okay? And this is, this is a couple times a week, right? This is two to three times a week. And one of the reasons why I highly recommend sprinting, I, you know, I talked about how it's great for changing your lower body. That's one. But two, one of the reasons why sprinting is that as we get older, we lose our power, right? And that power is what 
keeps us more mobile, keeps us more adaptive. Adaptive, not only with just agility, it's, and when most people think agility, you think, oh, I'm not an athlete. When I think agility, I think like I'm out in the world and something drops on the floor. Can I get out of that way? Agility is I'm walking and out around and could I like catch my own feet if I trip, right? So this is like, how do I keep up with my proprioception? How do I like mitigate like trips and falls? How do I use my balance in motion? That's what I mean by uh, uh, agility. That, and that's using it in the real, in the real world. I'm, some, I'm sure someone has come up with a word for it, but that's what I mean when agility. Second thing about sprinting is that it helps us increase blood flow, right? Because all of a sudden your body's like, holy shit, we're doing something really challenging. Everything, everybody get on board, right? Let's get this done. Let's get out of the way. And so it's a way to, to get our bodies going back and forth, burning fat um, and being very, burning fat and be and using, and, and using glucose, right? Using being very adaptive. So we're going back and forth between being a sugar burner and being a fat burner, being a sugar burner, being a fat burner. And so for those of you who are like, but you know, my heart needs the cardio, your heart's getting the cardio because you're literally like calling on your heart to just pump as efficiently as it possibly can because you're sprinting. And so for many of you, you know, you're, you've been told zone two is your fat burning zone. Well, for us women, we're built for endurance. That's, that's what we're, we're really good at freaking endurance. We're built for that. You know, we are built for the, the long run. You know, we're, we were the, we were the gatherers, right? We had to go out and forage through the forest and pick stuff while the, the men folk went off and chased the saber toothed tiger. We were the one who, you know, had to walk to get the, the water and, you know, walk everywhere. So we're built for endurance. We have uh, that mitochondria that's like already like a nice little powerhouse for us. And so while I'm never going to take away and things people love, I want us to look at our priorities. That's the biggest thing. I want us to, us to be smarter about it. Like if you love walking and, you know, I mentioned that client earlier, I'm never going to take walking away from her. However, if she tells me her priority is, is that she wants to put on muscle tone, we need to figure out how we can fit in at least two to three days of strength training into her walks, if that's her goal, right? So it's always like, what is your goal? How much time do you have for that goal? When I was uh, a trainer at the gym, um, and I remember, you know, I would sit down with a new client, I'm like, okay, you know, Susie Sunshine. Um, I see your goal is, you know, you want to lose, you know, 20 pounds. Great. How many days a week do you have to support this goal? Oh, girl, seven days. I could do seven days a week. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's just kind of like back into this. Do you have a job? Yeah. And I said, okay, is it a nine to five job? What kind of job do you have? And I would like, you know, kind of back them out into it. Like, you know, between how much time they have for their job, commuting, kids, um, other, you know, responsibilities. And what sort of seven would whittle itself down to like three or four days? So here's where you have to be honest with yourself and say, this is my goal and this is how much time I have. So that way we can start to say, okay, here, here's where we need to say, here where you need to prioritize your time so that you get the biggest bang for your buck. And strength training is that one-way ticket to lean mass and power. 
will work in on your balance because one of the things as we start to age we start to lose our balance and you know one of the biggest reasons that takes you know women out of the game in their 70s is a fall right uh fall because we have brittle bones we have brittle bones because we weren't strength training and we have we we have brittle bones we weren't strength training and we also our estrogen is what is one of our vital drivers for bone health so we have to really start thinking about looking at the bigger picture, right? And so now that, you know, um, we look at the bigger picture, how do you start to sprinkle in the walks, the zone, the zone two into your world, given that you're trying to change your body composition, right? And so the same thing was said about your classes. I know people love going to the classes, the accountability, the music, it could be the instructor, um, could be like, you don't know what to do on your own. I, I, I get you. But I, I want you to kind of say, like, let's prioritize the classes that you go to. We really want to make sure that we're hitting those classes that are asking me to lift the heavy, heavy weights, right? Versus the light weights with many reps, like heavy Heavy reps, and again, heavy is relative. You know, that six reps, can that seventh or eighth rep be, you know, I'm, I'm maxed out at that? Um, how do we fit those in? Or, and also if I'm going to those classes, excuse me, am I going to the, am I going, just going through the motions? I see it all the time. I see women just going through the motions. And I mentioned, you know, if you're in my class and I'll be like, hey girl, hey. I'm like, you got 10 pounds in your hand. What are you doing over there? That looks like you could do more, right? And, you know, I get the eye rolls. And I will always get the eye rolls because I know how important strength training is for women. And, you know, my parents live in Florida and, you know, throw shade at me. If you, if not, every time I go to Florida, I look around and I see men and women who could benefit from even just one to two days of strength training, how it could just their acts of daily living, getting out of a fucking chair, right? Getting out of a chair, not needing a, uh, a walker like my number one goal in my life that's, that's for me my personal goal is I don't want to use a walker I want to be so strong and fit and healthy in my into my 90s into my hundreds my grandmother's knocking on the door of 102 I want to be that and still be able to walk on my own right that's my goal and so to do that guess what that's what drives me to get my ass to the gym. That's what drives me to not just reach for the eight pound dumbbells because I want my acts of daily living to be easy, right? I don't want to, I see it. I see them struggle to get out of a goddamn chair. You know, I see that, that to walk, they have to hold on to somebody. I don't want that. I want to be able to have that same strength, that same balance that I have right now. Right. So that's what I really want you to, to, to think about, you know, and every time I go to Florida, I'm like a little strength training could go a long way. There was a, a quick story and then we'll kind of start to wind this down. Um, so there was a woman. Um, so during during the pandemic, um, this woman's son had a baby. And, you know, during the pandemic, many of us weren't traveling anywhere. And so she finally was like, so finally was like, okay, I want to come and see the baby. I feel comfortable getting on a plane, blah, blah, blah. So she was working with a personal trainer and the baby was, she's like, well, how heavy is the baby? And the baby at that point was like, you know, 15 pounds. So she was like working her darndest to be able to lift her 15 pound grandchild. Right. And so a lot of times when I am, you know, women are like, oh, I can't lift that heavy. I'm like, 
the average toddler weighs, you know, 20 to 40 pounds. The average dog weighs 100 pounds. You know, the average bag of kitty litter weighs like 70 pounds. So I'm always throwing these like life things at you so that you start to realize how heavy you are, uh, how much stronger you are. You know, I had a, a girl uh, in my class, you know, I was like on one of my like soapboxes about lifting heavy shit. And then the next, we had this big storm blow through New England. And then the next week she comes in, she's like, you know, Kim, she's like, big storm blew in and, you know, trees were knocked down, limbs were knocked down in my yard and I'm picking them up and I'm dragging them. And she's like, you know what? She's like, this is what Kim said. Like, I need this strength to be able to drag these trees, right? So imagine like if she didn't lift heavy weights, like dragging those trees. Yeah, it did suck, but it would have sucked even more had she not been, um, Strike training. So to get back to the the woman, um, so so she, that was her training. So for like six months, she was training to be able to you know lift her grandchild. So she calls and she's like, "Oh, son, I'm so excited! I can't wait to hug my first grandchild." And the son's like, "Oh, I got some bad news for you." And she's like, "What?" She goes, "She put on another pound." And he was, she was like, "Oh." And, and it was just like, she was like, I've been working so hard to be able to lift 15 pounds. And, you know, it was really cute. And she was like, what? The baby put it another pound. And she's like, all right, I'm still coming anyway. But I want you to think about how do you translate this to your life, right? How can you think about when I'm in these classes, when I'm in the gym, that it's not about, you know, fitting into my pants. Of course, obviously, yes, we all want that. But it's like acts of daily living. And I want you to think, project 20 years, project 20 years that like, can you still grab all those fucking groceries and walk up a flight of stairs? You know, cause that's, that's, you know, what my biggest thing is like, no one takes the groceries in like one at a time. You're like, you grab the, all of them and like you walk in your house. I have five stairs that I got to climb to get into my back door. Right. I want to be able to do that. Right. Um, so two last things I want to touch on um, in, in today's uh show is fasted training, right? You know, when I, again, going back to bodybuilding, this was such bro science. Um, it was like, you go fasted cardio first thing in the morning. Woo. That was, that was how you were going to burn more fat. Well, there've been, there's been research on that and there's been, it's negligible, right? The, the, what you get is negligible. It's not worth the hype that it is like, you know, you'll see, um, you know, fitness spitspo uh, post hashtag fasted cardio. It's not worth the hype, right? So here's where I, I tell you, you know, if you're someone who works out uh, first thing in the morning, you know, your hunger hormones, they deserve more. You know, if I um, work out fasted, my hunger, my hunger hormones, so that means my ghrelin and my leptin are going to get all like, you know, wonky because I'm suppressing them. Not to, not to even mention your thyroid. And, you know, we know our thyroid is that master uh, controller. And I did a whole, um, podcast on that. And I'll, I'll, I'll link to, um, I'll link to that in the show, uh, uh, notes, but it, all in that, we're also, you know, pushing up that cortisol, right? So all the things that we've been trying to say, like, we don't want, we don't want doing fasted training, be it cardio or lifting, bah, let's, let's, uh, let's quiet that noise. So if you're someone who is hitting the gym first thing in the morning, you want to grab at least a um, hundred, hundred calories of food. So that means we're doing about 20 grams of protein and 30 grams of carbs. And these, this is fast acting. So it's like, you know, you're, you know, 
having a, 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 a protein shake and throwing in some water there. Um, maybe having like a half of a, uh, a protein bar. Um, you know, these are, if you, especially if you're working out first thing in the morning, it's like little things that aren't going to, you know, hurt your stomach. And if you're someone who's like, Oh, I just can't work out with, you know, something in my stomach. One of the things I always tell people is that, you know, can you drink this while you're working out, especially like a, a, like a whey protein shake, you know, it doesn't have a lot of stuff in it. Um, one of the things I would do is like a whey protein shake and throw some BCAAs in there. So that way you get like a little bit of like the carbs to start your, um, that Krebs cycle going for you, but you're also getting a little bit of that protein so that you're fueling your, 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 your body, right? Fueling the body, and especially as we are trying to fight that muscle loss in that 40 plus zone, this is becomes even more paramount as well as that post um, workout. And again, we're looking for something that's a fast acting carb and a protein, right? So ladies, you know, here we are, we're, we are on the bleeding edge, you know, no one, and I've said this before, no one told us about perimenopause, menopause. No one told us what the workouts should be. No one told us about food. No one told us about this. So here we are. We're like the pioneers navigating new training. So we're, we're really just having to be very mindful of, okay, how does this workout affect my body? Is it affecting my body? Is it giving me any change? Or I've just been doing this for so long. I just, this is all I know. This is all I can do, right? Really questioning yourself on that. Cause I know I had to question myself. I was so rigid and fixed on how I did shit. And that's what really put me in a pickle because I wasn't willing to change. And even now, some of the changes that I've been been making to do some other changes, it's, it is really hard because it's just things I do that are just ingrained. And I don't even think about it till after the fact. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't, you know, I've been really focusing on post-nutrition workout. And I was like, ah, a post-workout nutrition. And I was like, oh, shit. I forgot to add this, you know, I, I forgot to put in that carb, I forgot to do this. And so I really want you to start to think to yourself, like, can I change? Am I willing to change? Because if I want to see a change, I have to make a change. And I know I say that all the time, but I need you to like, hear that, right? Because like, sometimes, you know, you hear it when you're ready. And some of you might not be ready to hear it right now. Maybe, you know, some of you might have listened to this again in six months and be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear what she said. You know, before I thought she was like full of hooey, but right now I'm, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to make that change. I'm ready to hear what she has to say. All right, so ladies, welcome to the new 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 terrain, the new frontier, if you will. And it's time for us to feel, you know, feel feel thriving. You know, be able to thrive in this uh, climate and embrace the changes. Rock the workouts. You are not alone in this journey. Um, and I'm having a three-day challenge that is coming up uh, next month. And it's all about helping you thrive in menopause, really focusing in on, you know, what do I have to do with my diet so that I don't feel like I'm going crazy? You know, what are some of the habits I need to start focusing in on to make sure that I create this sustainable uh lifestyle for myself. And finally, what are the hormones? Like what the hell is actually happening to my body? I know it runs as hormones, but I have no idea what is happening. So I got a three day mini, uh, mini course coming your way, um, next month. So if you want to be that first person to hear about it, do me a favor in the show notes, I have attached, uh, a link to get in on the wait list. So until then ladies stay strong, stay fabulous. I will talk to you next week.
Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much. Thank you.